At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome to Rush Hour, ladies and gentlemen, presented by Bet Rivers. I am Danny Burke, your host on this Thursday evening, and my goodness, it has been quite the hectic day throughout the NBA. We'll discuss all of that and the implications momentarily, but very quick, let me tell you what we got lined up for the next hour here just outside of the Windy City in Des Plaines, Illinois. We are live, and we are getting ready to talk more Super Bowl with Josh Applebaum in 15 minutes. He'll tell us some of the biggest market movers heading closer and closer to kickoff. I know he's also got some thoughts around the sports tonight with college hoops, NBA, and some pucks, so we'll look forward to that in 15 minutes with VEASAN's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum. Then how about a half hour from now, Danielle Elvari live out in Los Angeles where all the action is going down and host of the LA City Cast. Danielle's got more and more plays that she has added to the docket since last week, so we are very excited to get her concluded thoughts for this game. I mean, I'm sure she'll add more as we get closer to Sunday, but as for now, I know she's got a lot of action that she has pulled the trigger out, so 30 minutes we will hear from Danielle. Then at the end of the show, I've got some best bets for tonight. A couple in the NBA with some props and one on the ice with some hockey. But let's go ahead, kick things off, update you with everything going around the NBA. So if you've been living under a rock or you don't go on social media or anything, you might have missed that James Harden has been traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. That's right. The Sixers finally dumped out, and I'm sure Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philly City Cast, is just absolutely enthused that they got rid of Ben Simmons. However, they also dished out Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks for James Harden and Paul Millsap, also a part of that deal going to Philadelphia. So we kind of thought this was going to happen. The rumblings had been coming for a couple of weeks. We discussed it on Rush Hour about a week and a half, two weeks ago, whatever it was. And not only because that this was a possibility, but just because of the value and how good Joel Embiid and the Sixers team has been playing, we took them plus 850 to win the Eastern Conference. And they were 10-1 to the night prior with Will Hill, tried to get it in. The rumors came out. They went down to plus 850. We made the bet. And then they were down to like 7-1 to yesterday. Now your updated odds for the Sixers to come out on top of the Eastern Conference is 3-1. to so I'm not saying it's a lock now that Harden's a part of the squad, but based on the value, hopefully you were able to jump on this earlier before the news came to fruition. And for the finals, Philadelphia comes down 
to 7 to 1. However, the Brooklyn Nets are still the short shot plus 450. Now, remember, a lot of that has to do with the liability that the books have on these future tickets from preseason during the year up until this point. And hey, maybe Ben Simmons and company can actually work fairly well with this Brooklyn Nets squad. Well, we don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. And also, Kyrie Irving is still missing half the games. So while it could be beneficial down the road, I don't think it's going to be this season. I think it's a big W for the Sixers team this year and rightfully moving in terms of those futures odds. But that is what has happened, really, the biggest news. I mean, there's been a bunch of other news, but that's obviously at the top of the list for the NBA. Bulls stand pat. We'll see what they do post-deadline, but they're sticking with what they got. Uh, so really quick, just wanted to touch on that, but I also wanted to spend this first segment talking about some more props. So we'll spend the last segment of the show going over my best bets, but like we've been doing, talking about different areas of betting propositions for the big game, we are going to continue that right now with this version of Prop Shelf here on Rush Hour. And this edition is going to be defensive players and penalties. Yes, we'll get to the penalties in a second. I'm actually really excited to talk about those. But let's go with total defensive tackles, which are both solo tackles and assists by the respective player. And we can start with Eli Apple, who certainly has been making his rounds on Twitter, pretty much trashing anyone or any team, any city that he's had a connection with. But he's actually been fairly solid for Cincinnati in this postseason. So if you don't know him, he's a cornerback for the Bengals. And in 19 games this season, he's averaging 3.4 total tackles per game. His prop mark is set at three and a half at Bet Rivers. The over has the juice minus 121, and he's only gone over this in just six out of 19 games. However, this postseason, he has 16 total tackles. Actually, very impressive. I mean, he had seven at Kansas City, six versus Las Vegas, and then three at Tennessee. Look, the dude talks a lot of smack off the field. Will that incentivize him more so to back it up? Will he be targeted a lot against his deep wide receiver core that is Los Angeles, or will he get picked on more by the Rams? I don't know. We can speculate on all of that, but if you want to go with the trends that you have seen from him in the postseason, maybe looking over for Eli Apple, three and a half tackles at minus 121 could be a viable option. Let's move on to another Bengals player, Von Bell. Adam Burke talked about his prop a little bit ago, and the number still remains at five and a half. The juice also still remains on that over, minus a buck fifty at Bat Rivers. If you want some plus money, the under is plus 120. But Von Bell, safety for the Bengals, and in 19 games is averaging six total tackles per game. So you could understand why the juice is shaded to the over. And he's gone over this in a majority of the games he's been involved in, 11 out of 19 to be exact. This postseason, he's gone over it in two out of three games thus far. Uh, the last two games, he's had six each. And then the first game against the Raiders, he's had four. So Adam Burke, Beeson's betting analyst, came on here and touted that, had a lot of great reasoning. Can't say I disagree with him. And if you don't mind laying the juice, maybe over 5.5 and, and minus 150 could be your play. That's certainly the way that I would gravitate toward. Let's go to the Rams side, Aaron Donald. Now, the easy bet here you would think would be to bet the over. We love Aaron Donald, arguably the most dominant player in the NFL. We've talked about and have taken him to win the MVP for the Super Bowl at 18-1. to but does that mean it's a direct correlation that we can assume he gets over four and a half tackles? Well, the over is slightly juiced, minus 127. Under is even money. And he's played in every single game this year, and he's averaging 4.7 total tackles per game. 
He's gone over four and a half tackles in 11 out of 20 games this season, but he has only eclipsed it once this postseason when he got five at Tampa Bay. Otherwise, only at three versus San Fran and one versus Arizona. Now, the reason that I probably would lean under, actually, aside from a better price at even money, and he's stayed under it in two out of three postseason games, is because his action's going to be coming a lot, you would assume, from either getting through the line and sacking Burrow, which, if he's going to get MVP, he's going to have to do something like that. But more importantly, it's going to be coming from the run, right? If the Bengals are running the ball, where can Donald make his impact? But I think the Bengals will maybe abandon that run early and be trailing and having to throw the ball more, which will limit Aaron Donald's opportunities in the interior and to make tackles. So I'm probably not going to bet it, but I would lean under actually for Aaron Donald at even money. But again, ultimately we'll stay away because I don't want to root against it considering we're sweating out the 18-1 Super Bowl MVP ticket. But I would not be rushing to bet the over with Donald. I think it's just a little bit inflated because we always have the bar set so high for him. What about his teammate? Von Miller also at four and a half. However, his juice is shaded to the under minus 136. Over is plus 109 for the veteran. In 18 total games this season, he's only averaging 3.4 tackles per game. But more specifically, as a part of the Los Angeles Rams in 11 games, he's averaged about four total tackles per game. He's gone over this mark in five out of 11 games with Los Angeles. During the course of this postseason, he got six total tackles versus Arizona. Four at Tampa Bay and two versus San Francisco. Don't really love it one way or the other, but wanted to address it. Uh, kind of rifling through because I want to get to these penalties. Jalen Ramsey next. His number is at three and a half. Overs minus 134. I think Ramsey is a very intriguing bet to look to the over, and I might end up making an official play before the end of this week. But he's averaging four and a half total tackles per game. He's gone over three and a half in 12 out of 19 games, and more recently, two out of three this postseason. Had four versus Arizona, four versus Tampa Bay, and just one versus San Francisco. Maybe the lack of tackling against San Francisco is because there's a lack of downfield play via Jimmy Garoppolo not really throwing the ball. Joe Burrow will be a little bit different. He'll be throwing the ball downfield, and if Jamar Chase is matched up against him, we can assume Jamar Chase, your top receiver, is going to get a heavy workload, so that will give more opportunities to tackle if you're Jalen Ramsey. So I really like the idea of Ramsey going over three and a half total tackles, minus 134. All right, I want to move forward now to the penalties committed in this game. No idea, or I didn't really envision myself talking about this one, but I was looking at it and I was like, all right, maybe there's some leverage here to making a bet. Team to commit the most penalties. Rams minus 104, Bengals minus 121. Rams are committing the second fewest penalties per game this year at 4.4, but right behind them, the Bengals are committing the third fewest penalties at 4.5. Here's the difference. Over this postseason, the Rams are only committing four penalties per game, and the Bengals are committing 5.7. Huge discrepancy there. So that's why you would assume this is at minus 121. Also, the Bengals' opponents over the last three games, uh, they were committing about 3.7 against them, respectively. And during the regular season, it was 6.4. So it's a lot different this postseason than the regular season for Cincinnati. The Bengals had seven penalties versus the Raiders, six at Tennessee, and four at Kansas City. So I think there's a decent angle to look at the Bengals. But then you also have to rely on the Rams to be very organized, very disciplined. Who knows if you can rely on that. But maybe if you still think the Bengals commit a decent amount of penalties, just look at their individual penalties. Total accepted penalties committed 
by the Cincinnati Bengals. Number is at four and a half over minus 120. Again, over the last three games, on average, they're committing 5.7 penalties per game. They have committed more than four and a half penalties in two out of three postseason games thus far. And over the last three games, the Rams' opponents have been committing about 5.7 penalties against them. The Cardinals had seven against the Rams. The Bucks had four, and the 49ers had six. No, that doesn't mean the Bengals are automatically going to go over it, but it gives you a general idea of how the Rams have looked compared to their opponents and maybe makes them a little bit more flustered or making them having to grab onto the receivers when they get beat or they're having struggles getting past that good offensive line. I don't know, whatever it may be, you could consider the Bengals over four and a half penalties. I like that one a decent amount. And I also would consider, again, Ramsey over three and a half tackles. We'll talk about that probably more tomorrow. But coming up next, more Super Bowl thoughts and beyond that with Beeson's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up several episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Welcome back into Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Dandy Burke, your host, and now we are joined by VEASAN's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow him on the tweets at Josh underscore insights. Josh, always love having you on, and especially now with plenty to get through, not only tonight, but for Sunday for Super Bowl 56. But I want to hold off on that just for a second because there was a lot of news today, especially in the NBA a lot of news in terms of James Harden going to a potential championship contender, the Philadelphia 76ers. From a market standpoint, how did that trade alter the odds, Eastern Conference, and then just overall championship numbers? Yeah, so Danny, it's great to be with you. And You're talking actually about Derek White and Daniel Tice going to the Celtics, right? That was a big trade <laughs> That's today, right. wasn't it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, obviously, though, this one was a big uh, you know, money mover here across the market. 
Uh, big thing here, make it easy on yourself. The 76ers odds really improved to win the NBA title. Before the trade, they were plus 1,200 to win the NBA title. Now they're down to plus 550, so a big move in their favor. The Nets took a bit of a hit. They were plus 350 prior to this deal. They're now up to plus 425. So kind of, you know, you're looking at, uh, you know, these new starting lineups. If you're looking at the Sixers, it's probably going to be Harden, Maxi, Green, Harris, Embiid with the Nets, Kyrie, Curry, uh, Durant, Simmons, and Aldridge. So the big move here was obviously Philadelphia getting the star player here. But Danny, I'm not so sure that, you know, Philadelphia won the trade. They gave up a ton to get Harden. We all know he's a great player, but with Simmons, a guy who obviously struggled, didn't make that or didn't even attempt that, uh, you know, that layup that kind of sealed his fate there in Philly. But now he's going to a team where he doesn't have to shoot. He can be a facilitator. He can play defense. He can distribute and lean on Kyrie and lean on Durant. Also, you throw in Curry as a shooter here. I think the big thing today, guys, uh, or Danny is, hey, you know, look at the Sixers. Look how big the line has moved, and it has. But to me, I think the price that you're getting on the Nets with a, a, a kind of a supplementary player who's going to know his role, I'm still looking at the Nets plus 425 as having value. All right, Josh, I want to keep it in the NBA. I know you got a couple of games you're looking forward to tonight. Let's talk Golden State and New York. The Knicks heading out to the West Coast, and they're catching nine tonight with a total at about 217 and a half. What stood out to you for this matchup later on? Yeah, so first things first, Danny, we've seen favorites chalk do really, really well. They're kind of on an unprecedented run here in the NBA. If you look at just the month of December, favorites, any team with a minus number in front of them, home road really doesn't matter the spread. Uh, they're 46 and 20 against the spread, 70%. Uh, this is kind of unheard of here. So we have seen this chalk. To me, it's partly, hey, you know, the good teams are loading up. The bad teams might be giving up. Maybe the odds makers are just setting these numbers a little bit too low for these favorites. But that's one thing that's been happening on a macro level. Now, in terms of this game, Danny, I like the under. Uh, you've seen this line dip a little bit, open around 219. It's down to around uh, 218 across the market. You're seeing some books get down to around 217 and a half. So it's really, you know, falling here to the under. And really, this is a, a, play, uh, a play on two things, Danny. Number one, New York Knicks. They struggle offensively. They're 24th in offensive efficiency. They're really slow in terms of pace, 28th in the NBA. You look at Golden State, the number one defense analytically, uh, and also they've been great at home to their under, 17 and 10 at home to their to the under. They're four and two to the under their last six. These teams met up in Madison Square Garden about two months ago. It was a 105-96 score. So, Danny, I'll be looking at the under here. You have a combination of a good defense, a bad offense with the Knicks, a slow-paced team. The total is falling a bit. Give me the under 217.5 for the Warriors and the Knicks. Now, sticking in the NBA once more, Josh, in a team that got involved during this trade deadline were the Dallas Mavericks. They departed with Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and I believe they're bringing out Spencer Dinwiddie. How did that alter the line? Six and a half is what we're seeing as they're hosting the Clippers, and the total for this one at 215 with the hook. Yeah, dipped a little bit, Danny. You had uh, the Mavs open around a seven-point favorite at home. As you mentioned, they're down to six and a half. Uh, six and a half look like they're even going to six right now, so kind of continued movement here to the Clippers. I'm interested, though, again, I'm a broken record here, Danny, the under, these totals. To me, you can really find some value here if you want to go contrarian and take these unders. Remember, as public bettors look at a total, they're going to want to hit the over. It's fun to root for points. It's not fun to sweat an under. But what's the most fun, Danny, if you can cash a ticket? Oh, the wise man once said that's what it's all about. So I like the under here. Uh, open 216.5. It's down to 215.5. Even some shops are down to 215. And if you haven't been paying attention to the Dallas Mavericks, I liken them to Virginia in college basketball, Danny. They are slow, slow, slow. Uh, they're the slowest team in, in all of the NBA in terms of pace, 30th overall. Uh, you look at uh, Dallas's defense as well, fifth overall. Uh, you actually have the Clippers as a good defensive team as well. I don't really think of them as a defensive team, but they are this year. They're eighth 
uh, in terms of defensive efficiency. So two top 10 defenses, a really, really slow-paced Dallas team. This total is, is falling as we speak. And if you look at Dallas, they're 22-7 and seven to the under at home this year, uh, and they're 9-4 and four to the under their last 13 head-to-head. So another under play for me, Danny. I'm going Mavs under, and really the Mavs and the Cavaliers to their unders, specifically at home, they've been really, really cashing at a high rate this year. Okay, Josh, finally let's move to the gridiron out on SoFi or at SoFi for Sunday. We got the Rams and the Bengals. Since we last talked, honestly, not too much line movement. I mean, the total still remaining at 48 in the hook. Spread's gone like four and a half down to four. Do you think we could actually see this go down into three and a half once again? So we did see today Caesars, Danny. I think it was more of a promotional thing. You saw on Twitter, there's a big thing that they got down to three and a half. They're going to do it for, you know, an hour. So I don't think this is like true smart money coming in maybe on the Bengals. But uh, again, all these sports books are battling with new people trying to bet for the first time, get on the Super Bowl. They want to get some promotions. They want to, uh, you know, entice more signups. So I think a lot of people are like, wow, big money hit, you know, uh, the, the Bengals here, which it, it, not technically. I mean, we did see buyback four and a half down to four. That's one thing I've noticed. But that three and a half, again, more of a promotional type thing. Um, but really, it is trending back towards Cincinnati, Danny. And really, it opened, remember, the early move was to the Rams. And we were trying to ask ourselves, is this a head fake? Did pros, you know, hit the Rams early to move that thing up and then come back at higher limits and take the Bengals? I think one thing we did talk about that we got right is looking at four and a half being the high watermark. When it got to four and a half, we've all, we saw the juice trend back toward the Bengals. I really don't see any four and a halves across the board, Danny. You may find like an offshore square book at four and a half, but all really your major books are down to four. So money coming back towards Cincinnati. I, I did do my homework though, Danny. So I'll throw a couple prop bets at you. Uh, looking at McPherson, the kicker. I've been high on him throughout the playoffs. He's 12 of 12. Took the over one and a half field goals in the dome with McPherson. It's around minus 145 juice. Another interesting one. Uh, who will call the first time out? Both sides are listed minus 115. I'll go Sean McVay here. There's a recent study uh, that I read on the internet basically talking about, you know, coaches and, and they're, they're, are they liberal or conservative with their timeouts? Well, Sean McVay is one of the most, uh, I would guess I would guess you would say liberal with his timeouts. They did this, step, this study that showed that he calls uh, 2.9 unnecessary timeouts each game. So he kind of outsmarts himself. He kind of inserts himself into the game. I could see an early timeout with McVay. I kind of like that one. Uh, Rams first timeout, minus 115. Uh, and then another one you're looking at, a lot of money has come in on Cam Akers over uh, rushing yards. 58 and a half was the opener. It's up to 64 and a half. You have 69% of bets uh, and 91% of money on that Cam Akers over. And if you look at what the Bengals have allowed this postseason, Jacobs rushed for 83 on them. Henry had 62 and Foreman had 66. And then McKinnon had 65 and Edwards Lair had 36. So uh, I'll be looking at that Cam Akers over a lot of money hitting his over rushing yard prop. Awesome, Josh. All right. Well, before we let you go, I got to squeeze in some Big Ten college basketball action tonight. Very interesting uh, outlook for this Iowa-Maryland game. It's about to tip off in about a half hour, maybe give or take a little bit more. The spread's at three in the hook in favor of Iowa's road team. Total relatively higher, 146 and a half. What are you thinking for this game? Again, I'm someone who doesn't get involved too much in college hoops till we get closer to March, so I'm very curious what your thoughts are for this game. Yeah, I'm going to grab Maryland in the points here, Danny. One thing I like in college basketball, obviously it's not going to win every single time, but when you're a contrarian home conference dog on a short spread and the line moves in your favor, even though the public's on the opposing team, that's kind of a blueprint play for me. So it would match tonight with Maryland. You have Iowa coming in with a far better record, their record overall. And again, Danny, you know, 
Casual betters really just bet based on records, based on recent performance. But Iowa's 15 and seven. They're only laying three and a half against a Maryland team that's 11 and 12, and the Terps have lost three straight. You know, go Iowa all day. It seems like a no-brainer. But even though you're getting a big majority of bets on Iowa, they open as a four-point favorite. They're down to three and a half. Some some uh, shops are juiced up like it may even go to three. So this late movement is going toward Maryland. If you got a four, you're feeling good right now. And Maryland, uh, even though they've lost three straight, Iowa has struggled on the road. They're two and five on the road this year. Give me the points with the Terps. All right, Josh, sweating out Maryland tonight. Love to hear it and love to see all the work that you've been doing these past couple of weeks leading up into the big game. And Josh, we're looking forward to more of it, especially on Sunday with all of Easton's coverage. But keep it up, my man. And thank you, as always, for making some time tonight. I appreciate it, Danny. Can we just make sure, can we get Major League Baseball to start on time? I'm getting worried we're going to have oh. a lockout here. I know you and I, are, we're going to be kind of sweating out here if we can't have some baseball to bet on soon enough. <laughs> but hopefully we get it. We'll, we'll have hockey to kind of put us aside for the meantime and just hope quietly Major League Baseball figures it out. But, yeah, man, no kidding. All right, give Josh a follow on Twitter, folks, at Josh underscore insights. Check out the VEASAN Market Insights podcast for more of his info. And speaking of more info, Danielle Alvari will dish that out next here on Rush Hour. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. that VEASAN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game and there is still time to sign up to get our free big game betting guide and this digital guide does give you trends, strategies, props to watch and tips from all of our experts so check it out at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and to get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year so once again visit VSIN.com slash Super Bowl Welcome back to VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we are broadcasting live out of the Bet River Sportsbook just outside of Chicago, but we take it out to the West Coast, Los Angeles, that is, host of the LA CityCast. Joining us now, and that is Danielle Elvari at Danielle Elvari, where you can follow her on Twitter. All right, Danielle, we talked, I think it was two Mondays ago. We've given you plenty of time to really dissect this game, and I'm sure you'll add plenty more plays, as will I, leading up until kickoff. But um, the overall thought process for this game, has anything changed for you? Because the lines really haven't changed. I mean, four is the spread, and 48.5 is the total. So uh, what is your sentiment as of this point? Well, I have added a lot of bets, actually, mostly because of what we do for work. And so everybody's been hounding me for my plays, but <laughs> I've already added a lot in here. So Rams minus three first half is what I added today. I just think that that's the way this is going to have to play out. That's what the Rams strength is, is getting out early and then having to kind of hold on to a lead. Unfortunately, that's not how you'd like them to have to play the second half because they have to play Joe Burrow. Now I've gone back and forth on this total. I want to and think we need to see an under in this game, but not enough for me to want to play it. Um, it seems like the matchup would suggest you'll be able to do that. Obviously with the Rams pass defense, they're second in touchdowns allowed. Um, they're 24th in their pass defense. So not as great there necessarily, but for burrow 70.4 completion percentage, I don't want to have to figure out whether or not this is going to be just a gunslinger back and forth offensive craziness or if this is going to be where both defenses tighten down like I would expect to see in a Super Bowl game in a game of this magnitude but that said Rams minus three first half I like that that's the only thing I have with the spread I didn't want to lay a ton of money 
on the money line for the Rams, even though I think the Rams are the better team here. I think that that's been the sentiment all week is that really the Rams seem like the better team here, but the Bengals did get here somehow. So maybe you want to have the four, four and a half with the Bengals. I don't want to take a side and I didn't really want to lay minus 180, minus 190 on the Rams money line. So I took Stafford MVP at plus 130, which is horrifically boring. So I apologize for that. But <laughs> That's just me kind of playing Rams money line because I think this is going to be a quarterback's award. We know that it's mostly been a quarterback's award. I think 32 quarterbacks total have won this award and this would be the third straight. Um, but it is hard because there's a lot of great offensive weapons for the Rams where you could see something like, um, I don't know, OBJ or I mean, Cooper cup at six to one. And then of course, some people are going fancy going Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey on this MVP. So it's hard. Cause you have a really, really talented team here. Like I said, the Rams are the better team, but I think that it's going to go to Stafford. He has that storyline going with it too. We forget that people vote on these awards and people are going to love to see Stafford get this. I think, especially after toiling away in Detroit for so long. And then as far as props, I just have burrow over 11 and a half rushing yards. I think that he's going to be on his feet a little bit. We saw that last week versus the Chiefs. I think the Rams are going to present an even bigger challenge to him defensively. I think first the Chiefs last week ran the ball five times for 25 yards. So averaging five yards per play, his longest was 11 yards. So going over at 11 and a half, I think that's entirely possible. And then the fun one that I threw in for me, which is actually not like a huge prop. Usually my fun ones are like three to one or more. This one's just plus 130. It's OBJ to score a touchdown and Rams to win. So a lot of my storyline is that the Rams are going to win this game. And if and if that doesn't come through, uh, it'll be very interesting to it's, see what that I'm LA fine. City cast the next is going to be like. But uh, no, Danielle, I'm with you here, and it, and it's funny. I was kind of looking at that Rams first half angle as well, but ultimately I think because I'm with you too. Like I wanted to play the money line, but it's been at minus 195 or 190 this whole time, so I don't think it's really going to get down to that appropriate price. So I think I'll probably end up laying the four with Los Angeles, but I think you're on the right track. And I, it's funny too. It's Seems like that Burrow rushing yards prop is getting to be a lot more popular around Vs and everybody's seeming to get involved with it. But I think that logic is sound, right? I mean, especially considering we're assuming this Rams defensive front is going to have a field day to some extent against this bad Bengals offensive line. And that's how Burrow escaped and really kept the plays alive against Kansas City. You got to assume the same thing's going to happen in this game. Uh, in, in those, speaking on Burrow, though, really quick, Danielle, before we move on to some basketball, what do you expect to see out of Burrow in terms of just his passing? Now, I mean, maybe not specific props, but do you think like this offensive game plan from Cincinnati is going to be kind of conservative at first? And, you know, you like the Rams in the first half. So if they're trailing, do you think they're going to immediately abandon it? And then it's just going to be a passing fest out of Joe Burrow? I think that's entirely possible. I think what's interesting is a lot of people have been airing more on the side of Matt Stafford going over his passing prop. Uh, than Burrow, which is interesting because I think that that's kind of the talent. That's what we're scared of with Burrow. But with that said, I do think that they have more offensive options here. They have Joe Mixon, so they're going to do what it takes to get this game done. They've been winning games by a field goal, right? And so it hasn't necessarily, it's been Burrow to make those kind of unbelievable plays, kind of get them down the field, get them where they need to be. But I don't necessarily think that he's going to be going way over his passing prop to do that. I think that they're going to do whatever they have to do to win this game and just win this game. That's why I've been seeing them win by just a field goal. And actually a lot of people seem to be gravitating towards those field goal props. I don't know if you've seen any of those. Oh yeah, we were talking about him plenty. Josh just came on too, is loving Evan McPherson. And how could you, I mean, people are talking about taking him for MVP at like a hundred to one. I mean, realistically, oh, he has on. been a main... 
Hey, yeah, it's been a main reason why they've gone here, but I mean, yeah, the chances it actually happened slim to none, but the guy's been a stud, right? Yeah, I guess. Come on. That's your long shot, I guess. <laughs> Who wants that ticket? I don't want that ticket. No, I'm part of the fancy group, like you said. Aaron Donald was the one guy that I took the longer shot on, along with Cooper Cup. But I still think you definitely have a lot to look forward to because of the narrative with Matt Stafford at about plus 130. But you and I will definitely be sweating out this Rams team together. So I'll be looking forward to that, and I'll be looking forward to your show on Monday, win or lose for this Los Angeles squad. Uh, Danielle, another This is how fascinating... I bet the Super Bowl last year, too. <laughs> I went all in was... on the Chiefs. I had one Bucks prop. It was Gronk over <laughs> oh, two no. touchdowns, I think. I don't even know why I did that. Uh, but it cashed and it covered all my losses, fortunately. But it was tough because I had everything with the Chiefs winning last year. So same pattern this year. Hey, that just means you're due, all right? You got to flip the 180. So that just means you're due for a winner here this year. So, uh, yeah, like we said, we'll be pumped to see it. Uh, Danielle, with the NBA teams in Los Angeles, it's uh, it's been unique, I guess you could say, and we'll get to the really unique team in a second, but one of those teams playing tonight against the Mavericks. Clippers catching six in the hook this evening. Anything worth a play in this game that you saw? I weirdly like an over for this game, which I'm a little bit, I have some trepidation just because the Mavs are this pretty solid defensive team. I mean, top six, top seven, anything points per hundred possessions um, on the defensive side of things. So because they are such an efficient defense, that makes me a little bit nervous, but they're a top 10 team efficiency overall. So they're going to be scoring a lot of points. The Clippers have been scoring a ton of points lately, just in their last dozen games or so they've been averaging around 115 to 116 points per hundred possession, which is way up for them. They just added Norman Powell to their roster. That's been huge for them. Uh, so I do think that there's a potential for an over here and the total is only 215 and a half. So I, I kind of like an over here. All right. And then Danielle, with the couple of minutes remaining that we have, please use that time wisely to rant on the Lakers, everything we've seen as of late and what they didn't do for this deadline. And I guess what you're expecting going forward with this dumpster fire. I don't have a lot to say about the Lakers right now. I have about as much to say as they did in the trade deadline, about the same amount. They didn't have many options if you think about it. They couldn't really offload Westbrook with the contract that he has. Taylor Horton Tucker's value is at an all-time low. Kendrick Nunn hasn't even played this season. So I don't know that they had a ton of options, uh, but it's really unfortunate because obviously this Westbrook trade just did not work out for them. Now it's like, oh, well, maybe Nunn comes back. That's, I mean, that is not the same thing as the Clippers situation where, oh, if Paul George and Kawhi come back, right? It's Kendrick Nunn. So that's not going to be the saving grace for this Lakers team. It's really unfortunate. I mean, I don't, there's not much to say, right? I mean, LeBron James is on this team. Anthony Davis plays great when LeBron is in. So if these two can kind of make game, games competitive, but they need more help. They just, this is just terrible for the Lakers right now. Where's your Russell Westbrook love meter at? I know you love him, you know, going to UCLA such as yourself, but for the Lakers, not really getting the job done. <laughs> Uh, love me as like a person or a basketball player. Cause he's not a good basketball player. That's just <laughs> uh, as a basketball player, <laughs> not, not good. It's just not good. It's bad that he's as experienced as he is. And he has a coach taking him out of a fourth quarter. That's terrible. It's about as bad as it gets. Yeah, there seems to be a little animosity between the two. Uh, you and I were talking off air, you know, very L.A. to be like a reality show for this Lakers team. So it'll be fun yeah. to see what ensues for the rest of this season with this squad. But, Danielle, we will, of course, be rooting for all your bets to cash for the big game on Sunday. Look forward to recapping it with you next week. Thanks so much, Danny.
You got it. Danielle Elvari, folks, you can get more of her insight on Twitter at Danielle Elvari and, of course, host of the Los Angeles City Cast, multiple episodes a week. It'll be fun to see what she's got on Monday. I mean, all the City Cast will be fun to hear how the host did, but everybody has been doing great this season, so looking forward to it, like we said. We do have some action for tonight. We will keep it a little bit more narrow in terms of the bets we got. We have NBA and NHL for another edition of Danny's Dimes coming up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. has amazing odds boosts for the big game. Your first real money same game parlay on the Super Bowl is risk-free up to $25. So get a surprise Super Bowl profit boost for an exclusive Super Bowl prop every day just for logging in. Visit BetRivers Sportsbook today and check out all the options along with exclusive new promotions for all sports bettors. Must be 21 plus, available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. All right, final segment on this Thursday evening. Thank you for being with us. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5. You can catch me on Twitter. It is time to release our Danny's Dimes for the evening, which means my best bets for tonight revolving both on the hardwood and on the ice. We've got two player props in the NBA and one outright winner in hockey. So let's get to it with Danny's Dimes for this Thursday edition of Rush Hour. There we go. Always love seeing that anime. Baby, but let's get things kicked off with the Pistons and the Grizzlies tipping off in about 15 minutes. So if you're interested, you want to follow along, might want to jump in sooner rather than later. Let's talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. He has been a stud for this Grizzlies team as of late. JVT Vison Sr. NBA analyst touted him for defensive player of the year. May or may not have taken a little flyer on him. He was around like 40 to 1. Now he's at like 6-1 to one at Bet Rivers. But aside from what he's doing on the defensive side of the floor, let's look at how he can contribute offensively. Points prop tonight, 17.5. Over a little bit earlier was even money. Under was about minus one and a quarter. I took the even uh, price, and I bet the over. I think Jackson's been a guy who's going to, 
consistently keep padding this area of his statistics considering he has gone over this mark overall in 27 out of 55 games but more recently he's gone over this in the last four consecutive games as well as the last eight out of ten now this season he is averaging 17 points per game 35 percent of his shots come from beyond the arc despite being a big guy loves shooting it from deep 31 percent come from mid-range 34 percent come at the rim within four feet of the bucket he's making 32 percent of his shots from three 40% from mid-range and 60% at the rim. Now, his opponent tonight being Detroit, we know how brutal this Pistons team is. I mean, they're catching 11.5 in this game, and they already got dominated by the Grizzlies earlier this season. I think the score was like 118 or 118 to 88, was it? So, you know, it was pretty easy for this Memphis squad. You're assuming it could maybe be the same, but the Grizzlies are a little bit more depleted this time around, so maybe you will need more production out of Jackson, considering he only got 11 points in that first go-around against the Pistons. He was 5 of 13 from the floor, 1 of 4 from beyond the arc, but he only played 27 minutes. Again, they destroyed him, had a lot more pieces, but now if it's closer and just because he might need to produce more with the lack of weapons around him, you could give him a good idea or you could imagine a good idea of him going over once again considering also the trends he's gone over it the last eight out of ten games now furthermore looking into detroit defensively they're allowing opponents to make over 37 percent from beyond the arc almost as bad as the bulls but not quite their second worst 29th in the nba 43 percent is what opponents are shooting from mid-range against detroit and 64 percent at the rim which ranks 10th and from mid-range when they're allowed 43%, can't remember if I said it, but that ranks uh, 24th in the NBA. Now, in defensive effective field goal percentage, Detroit, they rank 26, and they're at 54.5%. You could make the argument to do over one and a half three-point field goals made. It's upward to about plus 120. But as of late, he really hasn't been consistently knocking down his triples. But he has, like I already alluded to, consistently been going over 17.5 points. So I think it's another favorable matchup for the big man and i like betting him over 17 and a half points tonight at even money let's move on to the premier game of the evening a rematch of the past nba finals the suns and the bucks phoenix looking to seek revenge in this matchup at home they're the number one team in the nba the bucks arguably right up there with them but milwaukee's catching three in this spot total as high as 233 in the hook the movement came to milwaukee originally and Look, I contemplated betting them, but I don't know. I didn't have enough faith in one side or the other. But I did have faith in some of these players having incentive, a chip on their shoulder because of the loss in the finals. And that specific player that I circled out would be one Devin Booker. His points prop, if you do a little bit of searching, was as low as 27.5 over was minus 105 is the uh, selection that I made. Now, as at this point in the season, Devin Booker, he's getting 26 points per contest. In 47 games this year, he has gone over 27.5 points in 22 of them. But more recently, looking at the sample size of the last 14 games, in 12 out of those 14 games, he has scored 28 or more points. So again, you have to consider how great he's been doing as of late, He's going to be ready for this game. You know the spotlight's going to be on him and this whole team because of what happened in the finals. You don't think he's going to play with a little bit of extra juice tonight? 
No? Well, all right. Well, let me also tell you that during the finals versus the Bucks, he was averaging over this prop mark, 28.2 points per game to be exact, and he went over it in three out of the six games. And furthermore, when we look at his shot selection, 53% of his shots come from mid-range. He's knocking down 46% from that area. Why is that important? Because even though Milwaukee's got a pretty solid defense where they do have some issues is from mid-range. They're allowing opponents to connect on 42% of their shots from mid-range, which ranks 17th in the NBA. Now, if you want to get even deeper into it, even more specific, he's making almost half of his shots from long mid-range. There's a short mid-range and long mid-range. These stats courtesy of cleaningtheglass.com. So he's making almost half of his shots from long mid-range and the Bucks are allowing opponents to make 44% of their shots from long mid-range, which ranks 27th. So overall, you factor all of that and how great Booker's been doing as of late and the incentive, chip on the shoulder, motivation, all of that. I think that adds for a great night out of Devin Booker and I am betting him over 27 and a half points at minus 105. That's what we got dialed up in the association. Let's transition over to the ice now, talk some puck. There's one game I like in hockey and this game also is going to drop puck in about five to eight minutes somewhere around there. I mean, they say it starts at six, but it might be a little bit after. Anyways, you want to get in on this sooner rather than later. Carolina Hurricanes, I bet them on the money line about minus 136 earlier in the day. This line has just continued to move up. It's up to minus 150 at Bet Rivers, and frankly, that's the highest I would bet it. So if you still want to get involved, I suggest you do so. I like Carolina in this game. Despite them being on a two-game losing streak, they have dominated over their last 10 games, 7-2-1. and one. And they have dominated over Boston this season, defeating them 3-0 and most recently 7-1. The bad news for Boston is they're coming off not only a loss against Pittsburgh, but they're going to be missing some of their top guys. Their captain, Patrice Bergeron, is injured and out. Brad Marchand, he is suspended for six games for throwing a punch at uh, Tristan Jerry, the Penguins goalie. And Tuka Rask officially retired. Not that he was going to be in this game, but look, this team is kind of dwindling down as of now. The momentum hopefully can be with Carolina in this game and their star goalie, Frederick Anderson, who is 24-6-1 overall record this season. 2.08 goals against average, 93% with his saves, and on the road, still been a stud, 13-3-1, 2.04 goals against average in a save percentage of 92.7%. Now, he was tending between, uh, between the pipes in both matchups against Boston, so he won both of those outings, and he got shot on 65 times. You know how many goals he allowed? One. He blocked 64 out of 65 shots in two games against the Bruins, save percentage of 98%. So I'm trusting Anderson in this spot. Against Linus Ulmark, the starting goalie for Boston, who's 16-6-1, 2.64 goals against average, 91% with his saves. At home, he's been really solid, 9-2-0, 2.65 goals against average, so really in the similar realm. And versus Carolina, he, in those two games, I mean, he only played 40 minutes of action. So he did allow two goals in that span, saved 20 out of 22 shots. But overall, Boston's in a tough spot right now, missing two of their top guys. Carolina's had their number. Carolina's dropped their past two games, so they're itching to get back in the W column despite losing the last two games. Remember, 7-2-1 in their last 10 outings. There's a reason the movement's been going their way, and I fully agree with it. So I am betting Carolina on the money line again earlier today at Bet Rivers. They had the best number at about minus 136 or up to minus 150. 
150 is probably the highest I would play it. So if you haven't gotten involved, I still would recommend the Hurricanes tonight against the Boston Bruins. That's what we got tonight in hockey. And just to recap, in the NBA, we've got Devin Booker over 27.5 points, minus 105 against Milwaukee Bucks. I kind of lean toward Milwaukee outright in the game if you're curious, but again, not enough conviction, so I'm going with Booker and his props. And then in a game that I know everybody will be tuned into, the Grizzlies and the Pistons, Memphis like an 11.5 point favorite, thinking Jaron Jackson Jr. can thrive, so I bet him over 17.5 points at even money. That's going to do it for another edition of Rush Hour. Thank you to everybody for joining us. Best of luck with all your plays. We will be back tomorrow. Until then, take care, folks. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.